This is the Vinny White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. So I suppose there's a pressure to make it quite a good show, really, being that I'm not going to be here for a couple of weeks afterwards. I don't really like that pressure. It's like when you do a gag, it's usually quite funny, and then someone says, oh, you do that really good joke, do that good joke, and you completely mess it up. That could be what happens tonight. An hour-long, tormenting, dragged-out, painful gag that goes nowhere. So there's something to look forward to. My name is Vinny, and this is a radio show. The first bit you didn't know. The probably I mean, you assumed you got the second bit all on your own. Uh, it's on till 10. It involves stuff and things. And it's called Vinny's Views on this week's news. And um, you can get in touch with the show. Is the population depleting in Toronto, Elliot? I, I'm not sure. I don't think it is, but I believe it would appear that way because the the phone number that's on the screen says 416-872-101. Whoops. So, so I'm assuming if we've lost a digit, then uh, we don't need it. So the population must be depleting. That's what I've bought from this. Or is it a clerical error where you've made a mistake, Elliot? Hmm? I will actually pass the blame onto the person before me. And who was that? I'm not actually sure. Well, whoever it was, we will hunt them down and we will kill them. Hmm? And then we'll fire them. Or should we fire them first? Let's fire them, then kill them. Yeah. I will not, will not put up with this. 416-872-1010 is the number. And, uh, and this is why British people are always baddies in movies. Because we do evil quite well, almost menacingly true. I sounded genuinely offended there. Couldn't give a monkeys in reality. Uh, Star Talk eight two five five on your um, cell phone, which is all terribly clever. I always say that as one. What I mean is Star Talk, which is Star eight two five five. It's all very clever. I'm not really sure. I don't often phone the show. There'd be a bit of a feedback loop, um, and then you can text the show on seven ten ten. And also, there's Facebook. God, this is boring, isn't it? Oh, it does get better, honestly. Um, Facebook, Vinny White. There's Twitter, Vinny White. I mean, my name is Vinny White. You know, what else would you expect, really? Um, and there's probably other ways of getting hold of me, but I really wouldn't worry about them. Plus, I'm leaving um, on a flight to the... Well, I'm going to Nicaragua later tonight, but I've got to go via the United States of Goddamn America, um, which, is, of course, is where the freedom is. I always pop in just so I can get a bit of freedom en route whenever I go to Central America. Because they're all a bit commie in Central America, you know. So I just I just stop off in Yankee Doodle Dandy and have a, a good old blast of freedom. Yeah? Look at a few bald-headed eagles. Yeah? Feel safe, yeah, by the militarised police. Because I'm not black. And uh, generally have a great time. Um, now, I hate going through the States, actually. I really don't want to, but it's very hard to get a direct flight to Nicaragua. Or where am I going? I think I'm going to Costa Rica, actually. And then I'm crossing the border. You don't need to know all this. I'm not a drug smuggler. It wouldn't. It goes the other way. Um, but I'm, uh, yeah, I'm going down there, and I have to go through Atlanta, which I'm not getting out per se. I'm not leaving the airport, but I hear Atlanta's not very nice. Have you ever been, Elliot? I've yet to go to Atlanta. Yeah, I've not heard anything good. Dave? No. 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 Good. Well, that's the sort of debate we like on talk radio. Um, no, I, I despise um, going through America. I don't mind America as a country. It's all right, isn't it? I mean, it's a bit American. But other than that, it's fine. Um, it's just the fact that I have to go through... Well, you don't know this, but I have to go through a nightmare 
when I go through the States. Uh, and let me just start by saying this. I have no previous convictions in any country. However, do you know what I have to do? I have to um, get my fingerprints done. I have to get my photograph taken. Honestly, I do. And all of this because of uh, George Bush II and his infinite wisdom. In fact, I've got somewhere. I don't think I've got them in here. Dave, would you mind doing me a favour? Sorry, I forgot to bring them in. Oh, no, I've got it here. It's all right. I've got the form that I had to fill out online today. It's all right, I've got it here. Yeah. It's in my pile of paperwork. You wouldn't believe the stuff I have to go through. This is because I'm a Brit living in Canada, and I don't travel on a Canadian passport. Now, you probably don't like going through the States when you're on your way to Mexico or whatever either, because it's a lot of hassle, and they always ask you lots of questions. But I'll tell you what, it's a lot harder for me, because I'm not Canadian, the fingerprints passport thing is the icing on the cake because there's more, a lot more to it than that. They ask you so many questions. I have to fill out this thing. It's called an ESTA, which is a, what is it? An electronic, I can't remember what it stands for. Electronic status trans, um, transit application, I think. Something like that. It's a load of bollocks, but you have to fill it out. And um, so I have. And uh, some of the questions are just farcical. Do you have a physical or mental disorder? I'll just put a link to this radio show. <laughs> now, it goes on to say, or are you a drug abuser or addict? Or do you currently have any of the following diseases? And it lists a lot of diseases, one of them being leprosy. And it says in brackets, infectious. So I presume if you've got leprosy, it's all right. But if it's infectious leprosy, you know, like if you are literally losing limbs as you hobble through Atlanta leaving a couple of digits behind on your hand. You know what? They've got a problem with that. Um, the next question that they asked me during my electronic application today, which, by the way, cost me $14 US, which, if you look at the exchange rate, is 230000 Canadian dollars. That's terrible. It's bad the rate at the moment. So it's about, what is it, 16 bucks, something like that, Canadian. Proper money with colours on it. Um... Have you ever been arrested or convicted for a crime that resulted in serious damage to property or serious harm to another person or government authority? Now, I put yes to this just to see what would happen. And when you tick the yes box online, it comes back and says, are you sure? <laughs> now, it's not true, so I did put no in the end. But I love that if you're like, oh, I remember I did once punch that fella in the border crossing in uh, Florida, and it might be on my record, I'll put down a yes. Are you sure? No, no, I'm not. I might have forgotten. Um, have you ever violated any law related to possessing, using or distributing illegal drugs? Uh, do you seek to engage or have you ever engaged in terrorist activities? <laughs> now, if there's one thing that we learned about terrorists in the last few weeks, they can't lie. They can't. Uh, have you ever committed fraud or misrepresented yourself or others to obtain or assist others to obtain a visa or entry to the United States? I don't want to be in the United States. I have no interest in leaving the airport. I don't want to check out. I'd be happy to sit on the same plane and let it refuel if that was the case. In this case, I'll just hobble along an airport and you can hold a gun at me while I do it. I don't want to leave the airport. I have no interest in it. So when you ask me how long am I staying and I point to the plane over there saying, well, actually, I'm just trying to get on that one to go to a country that's got some culture. I always get upset. I'm slightly upset about that. 
Um, have you ever committed fraud or misrepresented yourself or others to obtain or assist a visa? No. Uh, are you currently seeking employment in the United States or were you previously employed in the United States without prior permission from the US government? <laughs> just want to, I'm just passing through. And I have to pay. And then uh, that was bad enough. And then I checked in with Delta Airlines. One of the whole reasons I'm going via the States is because it's, it's a lot cheaper than going via uh, El Salvador, which was the other option. And uh, so I picked this cheap airline, Delta. Do you know it's 25 bucks for a bag? 25 bucks. They don't tell you that, do they, when they book the flight? Doesn't say a little box come up and says, by the way, if you're thinking about taking a bag on holiday, which you might be, then you're going to pay a round trip of 50 US. 50 US bucks in total, which in Canadian is three and a half million. So I didn't see that coming. So it, I tell you what, I hope the um, US border girls don't listen to this show because I already have a hard enough time. If they hear this, we're in all sorts of trouble. I was like, I was like being slightly flippant with them. It always gets me delayed and very possibly popped away in Guantanamo. But you know, it's always nice to just push push it a bit because if there's one thing border security guards have got, it's a sense of humour, isn't it? Giggle a minute. That's why you go into that job. You love a laugh. No, I always, I always be a bit flippant. They say things like, um, are you seeking work here in the United States? And then I usually say, well, actually, I was going to get on that plane over there and go to a different country. But actually, now you've mentioned it. Yeah. No, I, I don't want a job here. and I don't want to live it. Does it look like I could eat a KFC double down burger? No. And then I do my American jokes. They love that. I say, how many Americans do, can you uh, fit in the uh, Grand Canyon? Four. What's the difference between the United States and yoghurt? If you leave yoghurt alone for 300 years, it develops a culture. Oh, I love that one. What do canoes and American beer have in common? Well, they're both close to water. Yeah, they love that. Um, what happened when the American broke his arm? He went broke. Yeah. Although I have to say, I do like Americans. Because when I call my... New York friends, and I say, you're free tonight. They always say, cool, Sam, I'm goddamn American. <laughs> I'm free every night. <laughs> so I look forward to um, passing through there and going to Nicaragua. I'm going down there. I don't know if you know this. I don't want to bore you with it, but last year I went down there to make a film, which has now been edited for nearly a year and still hasn't been finished. So it better be a bloody good film after this. Uh, but I've got to go down there and shoot some more footage and, and catch up with the people I met down there. All will become clear when this film eventually comes out and it'll be free to look at on YouTube. I'm doing it because I'm pimping myself out a little bit to get more work in TV, you know. Yeah. Face like a sack of wrenches, but uh, worth an attempt, isn't it? First text in, look at that. As soon as I said that, you've got a face for radio. Do you think I haven't heard that? Come on. You can look at me if you wish. I wouldn't bother, um, particularly on that reference. Um, it's newstalk1010.com, and you can see me in all my true, beautiful glory. Um, so I'm going through America. Now, one of the things that uh, angers me, other than border guards in America, who are obsessed with the concept of me wanting to live there, is uh, the media, which is, um, well, it, it's a best question, wasn't it? And Fox News, which someone told me depressingly, is the most watched news channel in the United States. Is that true? 
Is it? If it is, then why? <laughs> I don't understand it. But uh, Fox News have been talking bollocks again. They do it for a living, don't they, really? Um, there was a fantastic clip this week, looking back at this week's news. I, I was astonished by this one. Stephen Emerson, an American terrorism expert, apparently, made the claims as he spoke on the Fox News channel about the terror attacks in France. But uh, he said that Birmingham, in England, is totally Muslim. And it's a place where non-Muslims don't go. Now, I'm from England, and I've been to Birmingham, and you can say a lot of things about Birmingham. First one is probably, it's not that pretty. The second one is, it's very good for a curry. And the third one, going back to the first one, is, it's not that pretty. You get the idea. There's a little look at it. But one thing it isn't is a no-go zone. Apart from anything else, it's the second biggest city of population in the whole of the United Kingdom. So I'm not sure where you would get the concept that it's a no-go zone. That's like, that's like saying, what would that be like saying? Vancouver, no-go zone because of the Muslims. Like, what? And, of course, whenever Fox report, in inverted commas, the news, what always gets me is I'm always watching it, watching these sort of hard-right fascistic idiots talking bollocks, inconceivable lies, thinking any second now the, the anchor will say, well, hang on a minute, because as a trained journalist, I have to question you where you get these statistics from. They never do. They just go, yeah, it's awesome, awesome. So if you're wondering where this all came from, of course, after the France terror attacks, there's been a look at the whole of Europe and the potential for various attacks within Europe on homegrown soil by perhaps homegrown jihadists. And whilst it is conceivable that there's probably more chance of that than ever before, it doesn't mean Birmingham's a no-go zone. You basically have zones where Sharia courts are set up, where Muslim uh, density is very intense, where the police don't go in, um, and, and where it's basically a separate country almost, a country within a country. You know what it and sounds you... like to me, Steve? It sounds like a caliphate ah! within a particular country. Well, it certainly does sound like that. It, you know, it's 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 almost uh, the prescription that they're they're asking Israel to do, which is to set up a separate uh, a separate state within their own states. Except they're not they're not recognizing it, and they're they're not dealing with it because they don't want to. I got into a tweet fight with the French ambassador who denied that there are any such things as no-go zones. Except on the French, you know, uh, official website, it says there are, and it actually has a map of them. So, uh, and in Britain. It's not just no-go zones. There are actual cities like Birmingham that are totally Muslim, where non-Muslims just simply don't go in. And parts of London, there are actually Muslim religious police that actually beat and, and actually wound, uh, seriously, anyone who doesn't dress according to Muslim, religious Muslim attire. So there's a situation that Western Europe is not dealing with. Wow. That is f fanciful at best. And I'm so trying not to use the BS word in its full severity. But oh, I wish I could swear on this show because that is BS. But I'd like to say the whole word. You're thinking it. Bull. That word. That's what that is. What did you say about London? If you're not wearing Muslim attire in some places, you'll get beaten by a religious police. <laughs>
And and um, Muslim uh, Birmingham is, is a no-go zone, the whole city, because it's 100% Muslim. Well, actually, here's the actual stat. It's 22% Muslim, Birmingham. So what he's done there, he's rounded 22 up to 100, which is quite a jump. Maybe he has a policy that every time there's a number greater than one, he just rounds it up to 100. Do you know what I mean? When he does the grocery shopping, he says to his wife, how many toilet rolls do we need, love? Have we, have we got any left? Oh, we're down to two now. Okay, I'll go, I'll go and get 98. <laughs> well, you could get less. I don't think there's a number that's not a few or 100. Also, he fails to mention the fact that it's 44% Christian in Birmingham. So it's not even majority by any means. Um, I would suggest rather concentrate on a fictitious London where white people can be beaten by religious police. Perhaps you should concentrate on the parts of the USA where black people are shot by actual police. But he, he did retract the statement and then Fox retracted the fact that they apologised for not pushing him further. Have we got that? Should we do that now? Yeah, let's hear that. Hear that. Last week on this program, a guest made a serious factual error that we wrongly let stand unchallenged and uncorrected. The guest asserted that the city of Birmingham, England, is totally Muslim and that it is a place where non-Muslims don't go. Both are incorrect. The most recent census data, which is from 2011, indicates 22% of the population of Birmingham identifies themselves as Muslim. Also, we could find no credible source that indicates Birmingham is a so-called no-go zone. We deeply regret these errors and apologize to the people of Birmingham, our viewers, and all the been offended. Serious factual error. That yeah, apologies to the people of Birmingham. Best thing you can do to the people of Birmingham is pronounce their city as it should be, Birmingham. Your one in Alabama is Birmingham. Our one is Birmingham. Or Brummy, if you want to get close to us. And I'd rather you didn't. Yeah, so that's apologise. I like the way her apology sounds like a news article. Just play the first bit again. It's almost like she's reporting it as if it's nothing to do with them personally. Last week on this program, a guest made a serious factual error that we wrongly let stand you know unchallenged. I mean? It's and got the same the sort guest... of tone and patter and flow. Last week on this program, a guest made a serious factual yeah. error. Should be, we apologise for lying and not challenging a liar who spread a grotesque mistruth based on absolutely no categorical data and heightened the anxiety between the Muslim faith and culture and population of the United States and perhaps arguably the world and everyone else. So, sorry about that. Sorry. But then they should just do that after most articles. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> they can just build it in. <laughs> Coming up, Hannity. First, our usual hourly apology. Sorry about all the lies. Coming up. Um... And then, of course, there's Shannon Bream. Shannon Bream is just amazing. She, like most Fox News anchors, is really attractive. And you know, like when you're in a, in a nightclub, if you're a gentleman or a lesbian woman listening to this, you know, like when you're chatting someone and you think, oh, my God, they're so gorgeous, I actually don't know what to do. And you're sort of, you're, you're, your belly goes, and if you've got a penis, it does things. And uh, let's not get into graphic detail, but I think you understand the general birds and bees concept. And, and they're so attractive, you think, oh, my word. And then they start talking, and you think, oh, now, if I was 20, 
I'd have been able to overlook the stupidity that's coming out of your face. But now what I've done, I've gone and developed a personality with critical thinking abilities, and you're talking cod balls. So then you instantly don't fancy her. So she is to look at. It's great. Which, um, I mean, if you could get her in the bedroom, you would not want her talking. And if you were not white, then good luck with her in the bedroom because um, I think the word is racist. And if you don't believe me, this is what Shannon Bream on Fox said the other day when she suggests that skin colour helps identify typical bad guys. Sometimes well, bad guys don't look like bad guys. Well, right, and that's, that's my that's question about these guys because if we know they were speaking unaccented French and they had, you know, ski masks on, do we even know what colour they were, what the tone of their skin was? I mean, what if they didn't look like typical bad guys? As we define them when we think about terror groups. <laughs> You've got to do that again. Just pull this apart one more time. Sometimes well, bad guys don't look like bad guys. Well, that's right, and why, that's, that's my question here. about these guys, because if we know they were speaking unaccented French and they had, you know, ski masks on, do we even know what colour they were, what the tone of their skin was? I mean, what if they didn't look like typical bad guys? As we define them when we think about terror groups. Well, Shannon Bream there of Fox News posing the question, how could we know whether the men that murdered 12 people in France were bad guys because they had ski masks on and huge guns, and those things obscured their brown skin. That is un... It is actually unbelievable, isn't it? It's like I had to... When I first heard that, I had to play it three times. It's almost as dangerously stupid as the murderers themselves. She should look at that clip of her talking every night. You know when you look in the mirror and just assess your life and think, am I all right? She should play that. And then maybe look at a picture of Timothy McVeigh, who was, uh, he was, he would be up for, he killed, I think, I think it was 173 people when he blew up a whole block of Oklahoma City in 1995. He, by the way, was white, uh, extremely right wing, pro gun, and watched Fox News. So your theory is falling apart. Probably like your nose will soon enough. As as a result of the apology from Fox News, um, from that man, the terrorism expert, that said that uh, some some parts of London are adopting Sharia law, and um, if you go to Birmingham, it's essentially a no go zone. Um, this happened. This was actually the UK media, who, as you may be able to tell from me, everyone in the UK just couldn't believe that this guy had said this. So this was the apology. I relied on. Um incorrect research uh it was uh totally uh irresponsible for me not to have fact checked the information that i obtained and it was not done out of any malice but out of uh total um irresponsible uh journalistic uh practice which i usually uh and uniformly don't practice. Are you aware that our Prime Minister has called you a complete idiot? Yes, I'm aware. What does that make you feel? Not great. You know, mistakes are made. What can I tell you? I mean, I, you know, my career is, has not been marked by such mistakes. And I made a mistake. I acknowledged it immediately. The BBC has made mistakes. I love that. That's, that's, the, um, that's the Rob Ford school of apology, isn't it? <laughs> I did something wrong, but other people have done stuff wrong. Yeah. Well, I did I did a bit of crack, yeah, and I said I didn't and that, but you find me other counsellors that haven't done drugs. Uh, all right. That's a bit weird. Yeah, I made a mistake. I lied, but BBC made mistakes. 
Yeah, go on and say the last bit. I'm mortified by my mistake. I am totally responsible for it. I do not hide away from it. I want to apologize to everyone. Um, and, and, and I'm not making any excuses whatsoever. If I could roll back time, I would, but I can't. And um, I can only tell you that, it, it, you know, I will be a thousand times more careful in the future in anything I write, but I can also tell you that this has been uh, an experience that has been brutal, but I deserve it because I made a mistake and I shouldn't have made it. Fair play. Uh, the last bit was actually quite good. Well, he shouldn't have played that because it made him sound like a human person that was actually quite nice and did regret what he said. I like to put him in the evil category and keep him there to keep the hatred going. Nah, fair enough. We all make mistakes. Have you ever heard this show? <laughs> You're tuned in to The Vinnie White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Yep, Vinnie White's the name. You can download the podcast at vinniewhites.co.uk. The spelling is weird, V-I-N-N-E-Y. Listen to this show on the bus. There's a few more of them now, buses. I live um, in the douchebag part of King Street. Well, most of most of King Street is quite douchey, isn't it? But, um, but I blend them beautifully. Uh, I live sort of Bathurst and King area um, in the club zone because uh, I'm a young groovy cat. And um, is is it wrong? I think it's called the Germans call it Schadenfreude, which is the pleasure derived from the misfortunes of others. And I've taken to leaving my house and standing on King Street at two minutes past three every day and watching the new Tory, Tory policies. We've got a new mayor here. Hopefully won't get as much coverage as the last one internationally. His name is John Tory, and one of the policies that he's done is he said he's fed up with traffic not moving, and he's fed up with couriers and various other delivery people writing off the expenses of getting $30 tickets as part of a business expense, but in so doing, holding up traffic. And I absolutely, fundamentally, 100%, solidly agree with him. Uh, because it's if you saw it before, it's insane. And I used to live in Parkdale, and I had to get the streetcar down King in the morning. And even even at minus five, minus ten, you're still better off riding a bicycle, even if it's snowing, because you're still going to... I used to play count the streetcars. I used to count all the streetcars that I'd overtake in the morning, in the rush hour period. And... Um, my record, by the way, was number was six, which is quite astonishing, really, because it was only like a five, ten-minute ride on a bike. So, yeah, it's just ridiculous because people just park where they want and, oh, I'll get a $30 ticket. Well, now, oh, my God, things have changed. It is astonishing, actually. So if ever you um, like laughing at other people's misfortune, can I recommend King Street about three minutes, four minutes past three on any day of uh, any weekday, just just watch the tears as people return to their what used to be cars and are now big empty spaces and look at them being towed off and then try to compute in their minds how they're going to pick up the kids. It's it's sort of it's I know it paints a terrible picture of me, but there's a there's a little part of me that just enjoys it. It's almost like a police state. It looks like Mad Max. It's mental. All there was four cop cars and six tow trucks when I looked at it on Wednesday, all in one, well, probably one, one large block, and they are not messing around. If you're a taxi and you're dropping someone off, police behind you, whoop, whoop, move. 
And, and I'm not saying whoop whoop sound of the police. I mean, they're not just playing rap videos. And uh, <laughs> it's unreal. And you know what the, the fines is? 150 bucks ticket minimum. 150? That hurts. And if you get ticketed, it's only a matter of time, my friend, and not a lot of it before, see you later, potato, you are getting towed. And they are enforcing it. So if you're listening to this thinking, I might uh, do a bit of shopping on the old King Street Monday, eh? Yeah, good luck with that. Don't drive. It's part of living in a big city uh, that everyone else around the world is sort of getting on with. But here, in a lot of North American cities, they're like, but I can't drive in the middle of a very busy metropolis in rush hour and park with my four ways on. Oh, my God. Where's the freedom? Where's the justice? Yeah, what about everyone else? Yeah, what about Doris? Yeah, the old Doris. 66 hobbles onto that stupid streetcar, the elongated bumper car that it is. Wants to get her shopping done, wants to go and see her grandkids. She can't get anywhere because of you. So I'm, I'm with Tory all the way. And the revenue must be outstanding. How much is it if you get your car towed, Elliot? Do you know? I don't actually, uh. Or you can text the amount to 71010 and your feelings on it. I feel like some people probably disagree with me on this. I know that most of our listeners are drivers. I'm a driver, not anti-driving. It's all right. It's just that you can't just delay everyone because you want to pop out and get a pack of cigarettes. So you won't now. Yeah, how much is it? 41687201010. I think it's... I think... With if you include the hundred and fifty buck ticket, you're knocking on the door for like eight eight nine hundred dollars, I think. But look, set me straight on that because I'm fortunate enough to not have had this happen to me. If you don't like someone, tell them to park there. It'd be fantastic. Uh, speaking of advice, would you like some advice? It's time for Vinny's advice, my regular column that happens every week. Uh, you can email your problem via the News Talk Ten Ten website. Or you can put it on Facebook, or you can tweet me your problem, um, and we'll get someone to read it out, and um, then I give advice. And it's always pretty amazing advice, because as a trained professional, I've got your back. Let's hear today's Vinny's advice. My boyfriend and I have been together for two years. I have two friendly cats that I had before we met. In the beginning, he told me he was allergic, and I told him I'm not giving my cats away we decided to try to make it work anyway. Since then, he tried medication, which didn't work. I've kept them out of my room and do my best to vacuum, etc. But in the end, he just can't get used to being around cats. So now we're at a point where our relationship can't progress any further because he can't or won't live with them, and I won't part with them. I've had them since they were kittens, and I couldn't imagine abandoning them. But then that means giving up this relationship that would otherwise be heading toward the altar. Am I being selfish, or are we just not a good match? Signed, Cats versus Man. Hmm, that's a tricky one. I think the answer really is, it depends on, on what colour the cats are. Um, because if they're very distinct different colours, then I think I have your solution. Let's assume for a moment one's, one's a ginger tabby cat and one's a sort of black cat, one that you might see with a, with a witch. Um, what I recommend you do is... Get get rid of the black one, but just temporarily. Just give it to a friend for the day when your boyfriend's out. So you've just got the ginger one left. And then paint the back half of the ginger cat black, right? Or, or dye its, its fur black. 
So it's got a, the ginger front half and the black back half. Then when your boyfriend comes back and says, what the hell's going on? You say, what I've done, I've, um, I've chopped the cats up and, and reassembled them as one cat. And then he'll be a bit freaked out and he'll probably say, I don't feel like I know you anymore and I'm going to move out. And then you say, actually, <laughs> it's okay. Then you pop out the other cat and wash off the, uh, the, the damaged cat and, um, and we'll all have a bit of a laugh and that'll probably fix it. If you've got a problem, then why not email Vinny for Vinny's advice? Dave, what did you think? Because Dave is an actual advice columnist. Um, I'd like to bring you in on this. I think you should um, stick to your day job. Well, this arguably is my day job. <laughs> well, it's late at night, Vinny. Um, well, you, you have one day job, and, and then now you've got your radio job, and maybe advice, you know, perhaps you should leave it to the professionals. Uh, are you one of the professionals? I'm here. I can't hear everything you say. I'm here. Can you? Oh, never mind. Yeah. Uh, should be, uh, maybe maybe Don't maybe swear, because we can hear you. It's sure like watching two goldfish, uh, which I'm trying sorry, to drive. I can't hear what you're saying. Okay. It's all right to say how my listeners feel about my accent anyway. Uh, they're in another studio, you see, and they can see me, but sometimes we have problems with the um, technical shenanigans. Right, moving on. Uh, what are we doing next? I, I'm sort of slightly all over the place today because um, I'm going to Nicaragua in about three hours. I'm rather excited about it. And I'm very aware that I haven't packed yet because I'm a man. Uh, let's get the answers that have come in from your... Um, how much is it to pick up your car? I, I've, are you sure about this? Someone's texted in on 71010 and said it's $250 for the tow and $60 per day for storage. That's not as bad as I thought, actually. And then, of course, you've got the $150 ticket on top of that. So what does that come out as? That's $150, So if this is right, then it's 460 bucks all in. Bargain! I've got, I think my last car was worth less than that. Have it. What does the website say, Elliot? Have you looked at the Toronto website? Yes, I have. Just give me a sec. Okay. Uh, yes, I looked at the website and torontopolice.on.ca. There's various towing companies. There's towing charges and then there's a storage charge. The towing charge ranges between 149 and roughly 165 and then the storage charge is around 65 to $70. Oh, it's not as bad as I thought. Bargain. It, is, it depends what you've got going on. If you've got a meeting, and that meeting is about a business, and that business is worth a couple of million, yeah. it could be a bit more costly. <laughs> I also don't know when. It doesn't have a date, for example. This could be outdated, slightly information. I would hope not, but you never know, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't see a date on the on the sheet anywhere. It's a PDF file from the Toronto Police. I'm getting a lot of different answers on text. Seven ten ten. if you know the answer. I'm getting, we'll just do a mean average, because at the moment the mean average is coming in at 250 bucks. Most people are saying that. Someone's put 1,000. I don't think it's 1,000, is it? Maybe if you've got, like, a courier truck. If you've got a bigger truck, it must be more money, because it's more hassle to tow it. I think what you should do is, is um, play them at their own game and just park a different vehicle, slightly larger every day. Start with a Mini, move past the Hummer, and then just give, it, give them a JCB until they can't pick the bloody thing up. It's the only way. Uh, Ricky Gervais presented the 2015 Golden Globes. Um, I love him. I know a lot of people don't, but I do. I just think if you can't pick on rich, famous people, who can you pick on? That's his philosophy, and I, I gen generally love when he starts hammering into people. 
this week he took no prisoners. He called out on uh, Meryl Streep, George Clooney and Katie Holmes for marrying Tom Cruise to elevate her career. Yeah. I, I know someone, I don't, I don't want to reveal who it is, but I know someone that has had sex with Tom Cruise and he's a man. So, I mean, <laughs> I'm always wondering if he was gay. And then when I found out that one of my male friends had sex with him, I thought... Well, I've been pretty drunk. I think that's gay. <laughs> anyway, if that's libel, it's not fact. It's just something that was so heavily rumoured, it's almost definitely fact, but not definite fact. It's got out of that one. Fox, Fox News could learn from that statement. Grand Budapest Hotel uh, won the best motion picture, which is brilliant. It's really good, actually. It was kind of a boring and predictable Golden Globes um, in that everything you thought should win won. But doesn't mean to say it's not worth... What I always do is, is snoop on everything that I haven't seen and then see it. And usually, it's usually quite a good filter of all the crap. Um, lead actor in motion picture, comedy or musical, was Michael Keaton in Birdman. Uh, actor um, in TV, miniseries or movie, went to Billy Bob Thornton in Fargo. Billy Bob Thornton, by the way, if you haven't seen it, you should watch his interview with Gian Gameshi. On, it's available on YouTube. John Gameshi, um, I haven't heard a lot from him recently. Is he, is he still on the radio? The name rings a bell. I <laughs> bet uh, some stuff happened. Then uh... I oh, went past me. He didn't do anything wrong, did he? Uh... <laughs> anyway, if you haven't seen uh, before, Jean Gameshi was relieved of his position. Um, he interviewed some years ago Billy Bob Thornton, and someone told me to watch it. If ever you feel like you were a bit drunk last night and you said some things that were really uncomfortable and you probably didn't mean them and you're a bit of an idiot, watch this and you'll feel great because Billy Bob Thornton is just arguable and impossible and just generally a bit of a prick, really, with Jean. Uh, although I'm seeing it now, of course, it's hard to take Jean's side. Um, and also, TV miniseries on movie, the best one uh, was Fargo. And uh, so that was the Golden Globes. I mean, I could go through them all, but frankly, a lot of them are boring. That's all the stuff you need to know. If you haven't seen it, watch the Grand Budapest Hotel. It's actually the first time I've seen the Golden Globes since 1994. I realised that because it was 1994 when I saw The Lion King. Uh, the Lion King, 1994, uh, won American animated musical adventure film. And uh, wouldn't it be nice if we could give you The Lion King as it should be? Hmm? If we were to give you the truthful trailer for The Lion King, how would it sound? I think it would sound like this. Journey to Pride Rock, an animal kingdom with some incredibly generous borders. Everything the light touches is our kingdom. And its own version of New Jersey. What about that shadowy place? must never go there, Simba. Where all of its African animals talk like they're British. Good morning, sire. Evil British. It's to die for. Latino. Que pasa? Jewish moms. So, where you from? Gangster. There ain't no way I'm going in there. Or CNN. Witness the birth of Lion King Simba, an obnoxious know-it-all who rubs his privilege in everyone's face. My dad just showed me the whole kingdom. And I'm going to rule it up. <laughs> Watch as Simba's life of leisure is shattered by his evil uncle, a lion who was either named Scar by coincidence or he got stuck with a really mean nickname. 
Get ready for a G-rated movie filled with domestic abuse. I'm ten times the king of Tassawas. A child raised by a same-sex couple. Not that there's a problem with that. And the most traumatic death of a parent since Bambi's mom got shot in the face. Dad, we gotta go home. <laughs> Hakuna Matata? So let Frozen go and experience the best music of any Disney musical ever with unforgettable songs like the Be Careful What You Wish For song. Oh, I just can't wait till that dies. The Plotting Evil Stuff song. So prepare because I am the bad guy. Be prepared for me to do bad guy things. The Catchy song to distract kids from the horrific death they just saw. I went through trauma at a very young age. Don't be a downer, kid. They just killed my dad. Forget all that. An African catchphrase. The slow jam. We are gonna pork tonight. Yeah, we are totally gonna And the song that fools us into thinking these animals live in harmony. Now, I don't know why, what our words really are. It's okay, we'll make them up. No one knows what we are saying, but it's fun to sing it anyway. No one knows Lion Jafar, Bird Sebastian, Ren and Stippy, Ed, Ed and Eddie, Doomy Eyes, Dad Vader, and Kimba the White Lion. Seriously, look it up. The Lion King. Nice. Thanks to HonestTrailers.com for that. This is the Venny White Show on In-Depth Radio. News Talk 1010. Yeah. Um, Elliot is the technical producer of this show. He's a bald, beautiful man. He presses buttons, usually in the correct order. Typically. And last week, I can't remember what brought it up. It was something British, and you said to me, I learned that on the Up series. Do you remember talking about that with me? Off air. Yes, exactly. I'm a fan of the Up series by Michael Apted. And we were talking about karaoke, I believe. Oh, that's it. And you said... If, I think you said uh, you know that in the UK karaoke is quite popular. I, well, I was curious, I guess, if it, if it was as as implied in the films. Yeah. And then you said I learnt it from the Up series, and I said, "What on earth is the Up series?" And you said, "Well, haven't you seen that?" Well, I want to tell you that um, I actually I, I I that night went home and watched it, and it's amazing. You watched the whole thing? Well, I'm up to when they're 21. So if you haven't seen this, I want to tell everyone that it's available. And it's on YouTube, right? Uh, I saw it. It's actually on Netflix as well. Is it really? If you want to do it that way, yeah. Oh, I see. And um, 
Oh, that's good to know. Yeah. I might do that because I can hack my friend's account. Did I say that on air? Oh, that's embarrassing. Um, yeah, I, 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 it blew my mind. Yeah, it's quite mind-blowing. So in 1964, a filmmaker, Michael Aptek, is it you said? Apted, yeah. Apted, um, decided to, on a reasonably small budget, get a group of kids together who were seven years old and talk to them and just say, hello, what on earth do you stand for? Where you, what makes you happy? What do you think about black people? What do you think about what you want to be when you're older? What do you think about poverty? All these sort of quite deep and, and difficult questions for a seven-year-old, obviously with very reasonably comedy answers. And that um, was all very cute and nice, although shot with sort of wonky film and all a bit hazy because it was 1964, low quality, but nonetheless quite interesting. And then he meets them again seven years later when they're 14 and interviews them again and sees how they've developed physically and mentally and asks them a series of questions again. Do you think you'll fall in love? What do you think you want to do when you get older? And it starts becoming absolutely fascinating because they're all from different backgrounds. And there's there's a lot of... Um, because we've got a ridiculous gap in the class system in the UK. You either say it like that and you're from East End London and you just do a bit of work around the house and that and you sort of like do a bit of work. Or you sound like this and your name's Charles and you're an accountant. And I was a jolly nice fellow that I, I pay sometimes to wash my Bentley. You know, it's ever so lovely. There's that sort of ridiculous divide that doesn't really happen here in North America to, to that outrageous level. And... Um, it's it's something that is slowly, I like to think, being somewhat eradicated. But they've picked purposely uh, people from extremely wealthy backgrounds that are almost definitely going to end up going to Eton College, sort of our version of Harvard, really, and then go on to um, probably work in politics. And a guy that wants to be a jockey and a couple of guys that just, you know, I've got well, one guy in particular that's got no ambition whatsoever. And I'm up to 21, so they're age seven, Reasonably interesting. Age 14, slightly more interesting. Age 21, fascinating. If you watch at least two or three, you'll want to watch the whole thing, which is exactly what's happened here. So. Yeah, it's, it's, it's as addictive as Breaking Bad. It's ridiculous. And they're up to 56 now. I've seen it all. I don't want to blow anything. But no, don't, I mean, don't. Yeah. Can I just ask this without a big spoiler alert? Is there anyone that really makes it because at the moment it looks like there's going to be a few very successful people um from the more more obvious end yeah the guys that were given a very uh, uh, rich upbringing and private schooling well what makes the series interesting is that it makes you think about what making it is and how subjective that can be so i don't know i, I almost don't want to answer because it would really depend Basically, if they got what they wanted out of their lives. Is That's maybe, true. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, there's there's a bit of that, but then things also, there's some people go in completely different directions. There's a really telling bit, actually, where the 21-year-old says, I look back at the films that you've made already, and I look at me, and I'm worried that people might think that I'm so lucky to have been born into this amazing, rich family. And what they don't see is that for the last few years I haven't left my dorm as I've been studying every single night and crying into my books. So don't forget that I might be privileged, but actually I still have to work bloody hard. And it's one of those moments where you just go, oh, my God, this is good television. So if you can, watch it, the Up series. Not a particularly funny end to the show, but, you know. I like to leave on a sombre note. Then I'm away for two weeks. People will just cry. I'm looking around for a kazoo. I don't have one. Sorry. <laughs> oh, where's the Benny Hill music? Can you pull it? Oh, uh, that's... Uh, I don't actually have it this week. I'm oh, sorry. No. Everyone's fired. What's the point? I'm never coming back. Uh, I've got two weeks off. Pei Chen's going to be filling in for me. Then I'm back, all right? So have a lovely couple of weeks. I'm going to go and warm up. Sorry to be so big-headed and gloat about it, but frankly, I've had enough of the chilly business. I'll be back, hopefully, in one piece in a couple of weeks. Always a pleasure. Never a chore. Ta-da. Yeah.